if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for being with us on AM 1420. The answer on this Wednesday, the the uh, fifth morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord 2020. We get started at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock coming up on the program. Two great guests today at 9.35, the latest on Ohio's response to the Chinese coronavirus. Yesterday, Mike DeWine said, your kids are germ spreaders. Despite any evidence whatsoever, the lack, rather, of any evidence whatsoever of children being super germ spreaders, particularly who can infect adults around them, your kids have to wear masks if they're going to school in Ohio this fall. All kids, all ages, K through 12. Uh, Jack Windsor will be joining us at 935 to talk about that and more on the governor's announcements yesterday. By the way, anybody else concerned about the fact that his coronavirus briefing turned into about 70% anti-guns and only about 30% on coronavirus? Just throwing that out there. We'll talk about that, and that, of course, was on the anniversary of the Dayton shooting from a year ago, so that's why he decided to go after guns uh, yesterday. Jack Windsor will talk about all that with us at 9.35. Then at 10.10 this morning, I always look forward to talking to Tom Holman. Tom Holman, of course, is the former uh, acting ICE director. He is one of the most stalwart uh, leaders in America, now in retirement, uh, but certainly as a pundit and as a uh, as an author and as a, an influencer when it comes to sovereignty and illegal immigration, uh, Tom Holman, and national security, quite frankly. Tom Holman will be joining us coming up at 1010 this morning. So Jack Windsor and Tom Holman will be on the air, and I am looking forward to both of that, both of those, and I hope you are as well. 216-901-0945 is the number for you to join us. Before, between, or after guests, 216-901-0945 or 888- Two eight one eleven ten. I'm going to start this morning. Well, actually, I do just want to say, uh, obviously, there's no talking point here. It's just uh, an unbelievable story. If you didn't see it, it, it looked like it was you know a Hollywood film you know uh, creation. It looked like it was CGI. The explosion in Beirut, Lebanon yesterday. Uh, if you didn't see that video yet, then you probably don't have a computer because if you open you know if you open any web browser, you're going to find plenty of examples of different angles 
of uh, one of the most massive explosions you'll ever see caught on camera that wasn't Hollywood. Uh, Simply unbelievable. We still don't really know what happened. We don't know what caused it. There are different theories. The government in Beirut, in Lebanon, says that a bunch of highly explosive material was stored at the site of that explosion. Uh, Some 2,700 tons of highly explosive material stored and perhaps forgotten about there. Still not sure what would have set it off if that is what happened, but just an unbelievable story and uh, a lot of death. A lot of death. Um, you know, the death toll that I saw yesterday climbed from 20 to 70 in a couple of hours, and Lord only knows where it will end. Thousands injured, and our prayers are with everybody uh, in uh, Beirut, in Lebanon, and really anybody affected by that here. I know people here who are Lebanese who have family there, and the first thing I did was reach out and say, hey, uh, is everybody okay? And um, Fortunately, as far as I know thus far, everybody that uh, you know uh, that I know here, uh, their their family members are all right. So I just wanted to make note of that. Like I said, there's not a talking point or a discussion there, other than to say our prayers and our thoughts are with those who are affected by that terrible blast in Lebanon. Now, having said that, uh, I want to start with this. Yesterday, there are explosions almost every night. Not that size, but there are explosions of sorts almost every night in Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis and New York, etc., the places where we are pushing up on 70 straight days of chaos, of attacks, of arson, of using illegal fireworks and blasting them directly, not into the air, but at police officers, at federal buildings, and so on and so forth. Antifa, organizing and carrying out all of these attacks against police and against federal buildings, federal property, uh, essentially against the United States of America. This is an insurrection. And Antifa has led it, particularly Antifa in Portland, which is a highly organized terrorist organization, designated as such by the federal government. They're a terrorist organization. All right? That's extraordinarily important to know. Now, having said that, yesterday, in the United States Senate Judiciary Committee, run by Ted Cruz, who chairs that committee, he had a hearing on Antifa and its violence to see what can be done to stop it. And what he got from, in, in terms of contributions from Democrats on that committee should embarrass anybody who has ever registered Democrat in their lives. And that would include me, because I used to be a registered Democrat before I became politically aware of what's going on. Anybody who has ever registered Democrat, and God forbid if you already or if you still are a registered Democrat, you should be humiliated by what you heard and saw yesterday. A refusal by any Democrat on that committee to condemn violence against American citizens and against American law enforcement officers. Ted Cruz was in charge of the committee. I'm going to get, I want you to listen to a little bit of audio here. This first uh, clip is Ted Cruz talking to um, uh, Ken Cuccinelli, the Director of Homeland Security. Listen to this conversation. Speaker Pelosi and another senior House Democrat have referred to federal law enforcement officers working for the Department of Homeland Security as stormtroopers and Gestapo. Are there any stormtroopers or Gestapo working for DHS right now? No, Mr. Chairman, there are not. And um, it's uh, it's an extremely negative and hyperbolic 
libel by those individuals on people who are doing their duty as professionally as they can, <clears throat> not just in Portland but around the country, uh, protecting, including those of us in this building. You catch that? According to the, uh, I said uh, secretary, he's the deputy secretary, Ken Cuccinelli of Homeland Security, pointing out the obvious here. Liberal Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the congressional Democrats who have repeated such things like stormtroopers and Gestapo, comparing American federal officers to Hitler's secret police, right? Rather than condemning the violence of Antifa, which is taking property, destroying property, destroying businesses, destroying people's livelihoods, creating American victims, rather than condemning them, they defend Antifa and they condemn the officers trying to stop Antifa, calling them stormtroopers, secret police, and Gestapo. Now, it got so bad yesterday at this hearing, at the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing, that maniacal Maisie, um, some call her crazy Maisie, I don't know if it goes far enough, I call her maniacal Maisie because she seriously is a maniac. And I'm talking about one of the most reprehensible human beings in the history of American government, Senator Maisie Hirono from Hawaii. She is such an embarrassment she decided to show a video. She decided to pull a Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan showed a video of last week in the House Judiciary Committee hearing on the violence. Jim Jordan showed uh, about six minutes of Antifa violence in Portland and in Seattle, all in response to Democrat Jerry Nadler, who said, ah, that's a myth. So Jim Jordan said, here's your, here's your evidence to show this is not a myth. Well, Crazy Maisie decided to do the same thing. And she played a video of police officers and federal authorities fighting back against the wild, anarchistic, Antifa protesters and rioters. And in the narrated clip at the very end, there is a claim about the officers in the video, Ted Cruz, the chair of the committee, responded to that video immediately after. And you have to hear this. Thank you, Senator Hirono. I will note at the end of that video that is narrated, it says, describes law enforcement officers as unidentified, while the video shows them with the words police in bright yellow all caps across their chest. You understand that? The video that Maniacal Maisie showed to the Senate Judiciary Committee claimed that these are secret police, unidentified as police officers, rounding people up in clearly Gestapo-like tactics, unidentified police officers. But the very video that she showed showed police officers with vests and the words, the word police in bright yellow, all capital letters across their chest. These are the unidentified police officers she wants everybody to be afraid of. So that is a curious way to describe a law enforcement officer as unidentified. I would also note that the ranking member said nobody is condoning the violence and rioting. And yet nowhere in the opening remarks was even one word condemning it. 
condemning the assaults, condemning the 277 injuries that federal law enforcement officers have suffered. 277 injuries to the federal law enforcement officers at the hands of the violent, anarchistic, terrorist organization known as Antifa, which is partnering with the terrorist, Marxist organization known as Black Lives Matter. They come together, they plan their attacks, they used highly sophisticated weapons, as well as rudimentary weapons, like rocks and bottles. But they use all kinds of other highly sophisticated weaponry, which we will describe. Ted Cruz talking on Hannity last night about what some of these lunatics are supporting. The Democrats on that committee did not, not one of them, condemn the violence because, well, as Ted Cruz describes them, these are the crazies of the Democrat Party. Look, the, the hateful rhetoric on the Democratic side, and they, they've really unleashed the crazies in their party, and, and most of the party is, is really held captive to the extreme angry voices, whether it's Antifa, whether, whether, whether it is AOC or Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. And, 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 and you see them denying reality. You also see them using rhetoric, I mean, calling federal police officers stormtroopers like Nancy Pelosi did or Gestapo, as, as, as Clyburn did. I, I mean, calling cops are not Nazis, and it is grotesque, it is offensive, and I challenged every Democrat in that hearing. Do any one of you apologize to the police officers that your party is calling Nazis? Not a one of them. And, and, and you know, you, you played Jerry Nadler saying it's a myth, it doesn't exist. We are testimony from my, my, my longtime friend Ken Cuccinelli, the acting deputy secretary of Homeland Security. Sean, do you know how many injuries there have been to federal police officers in the last six months just in portland and we covered that 277 federal officers injured we have not even begun to count the number of local or state police officers who have been injured uh, in trying to protect property and persons against this extraordinarily violent organization this terrorist group called antifa and we've got more coming up for you right after we take a time out. It's 920. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420, The Answer. Onward. 924, the Bob Brands Authority, continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. You know, I talk a lot about uh, the PPO. I call them the party of perpetual outrage because the Democrats cannot find anything um, without being outraged at it. For I mean, did you see, I mean, just as an example, I don't want to get too far off the topic here, but just as an example, this, this is, you know how they don't want police in schools, right? They don't want cops in schools. They want school shooters, by the way, to have nobody there to protect the kids. They want violent thugs and gang members who go to high schools to be able to beat up innocent people without fear of being uh, uh, locked up or, or handcuffed by police officers. They don't want cops in schools. This is how bad these nut jobs are. The Northwest Film Center had planned to kick off Cinema Unbound, which is its summer drive-in movie series, on August 6th, tomorrow, with a screening of the 1990 action comedy, 
with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kindergarten Cop. One of my favorite movies. It's fun. It's cute. It's it's funny. The kids are adorable. Uh, the storyline is good. You know the the you got a poor kid uh, whose whose mother is a teacher who married a nut job uh, who is the kid's father and the kid's father wanted to come and kidnap the kid so Arnold Schwarzenegger had to go kind of stake the place out and and stop the the guy from getting his kid et cetera et cetera it's good fun you've seen it right of course you have that's been canceled kindergarten cop has been canceled because it depicts cops in schools and that's dangerous. National Reckoning on Over-Policing is a weird time to revive Kindergarten Cop, said Portland author Lois Levine. We are trying to end the school-to-prison pipeline. There's nothing entertaining about the presence of police in schools, which feeds the school-to-prison pipeline, (laughs) in which African-Americans, Latinx, and other kids of color are criminalized rather than education. No, only the ones who commit crimes. Those are the ones who are criminalized. Pretty sure that if you commit crimes, that makes you a criminal. That's the way this works. Five- and six-year-olds are being handcuffed and hauled off to jail routinely in this country. Really? Show me that. Don't make a statement like that. Show me that. And this criminalizing of children increases dramatically when cops are assigned to work in school. So nobody can watch Arnold Schwarzenegger now into kindergarten, uh, kindergarten cops. So that's my point about the PPO. The party of perpetual outrage. This is the kind of thing that outrages me. When cops are attacked in horrific, violent, dangerous, and as I said before, some very uh, complicated ways. Some of the weaponry being deployed is not just typical throwing rocks at cops. Some of it is, but some some of it is not. Senator Ted Cruz explains. We're talking throwing pipes, we're talking throwing rocks, we're talking throwing frozen water bottles, we're talking hitting a a, a federal officer in the head with a sledgehammer, we're talking using commercial grade lasers to blind the officers. And by the way, it's interesting, uh, Ken brought one of the commercial grade lasers. I I have to admit, I I looked at that claim and I kind of thought that was overwrought. I sort of thought of like the laser pointer that you play with a cat with. And I thought, okay, come on, what's the big deal? No, it's interesting, Ken. Ken took the laser and just pointed it at my hand before the hearing for literally one second on on your hand. You go, ow, crap, and it burns your hand. I mean, it is, you will not keep your your hand there for more than a second. It'll burn it. They're pointing it at their eyes. They've had over 30 injuries and a risk of permanent blinding. That's what these terrorists are doing. And, And the Democrats not only are refusing to admit it, but they're ordering police officers not to protect them. As you know, I introduced legislation called the Reclaim Act that says if you're injured, if your home or business is burned or destroyed as a result of rioting, and the local officials have denied you police protection, have ordered the police to stand down, you have a federal cause of action, you can sue the city or the municipality and get triple damages because what they're doing... It's a denial of basic civil rights. Well, police officers are being blinded. These were the the weapons I was talking about. These lasers, if you have not seen them, and they're called commercial grade, these lasers, I've seen videos of them online. You turn on the laser and shine it at a 2x4, and it immediately begins burning a hole in the 2x4. 
Ted Cruz said Ken Cuccinelli, to display this, brought it to the hearing yesterday and shined it on Ted Cruz's palm. And he said it burned after less than a second and had to pull his hand away. They're shining these at the eyes of officers. This is felonious assault. Officers are going blind because of this. You want to know what outrages me? You want to know what makes me a part of PPO? It's not, it's not perpetual. It's, it's pointed. And it's directive. And it's specific to things like this. Felonious assault and causing permanent damage. I'm going to say something here that I'm not going to regret. If they are shining those commercial-grade lasers in the eyes of police officers, police officers ought to be able to fire back. And they don't have lasers. So they fire back what they've got. You heard me. Officers are supposed to defend themselves with lethal force if their own lives and safety are in jeopardy. If an officer is in jeopardy of serious physical harm, he is allowed to use lethal force. I call blindness serious physical harm. And these cops ought to be able to fight back with whatever they have. And liberal Democrats heard that testimony yesterday on the Senate Judiciary Committee and did not condemn it. Not once. In fact, when asked to condemn it, maniacal Maisie Hirono, the ranking member for the Demon Rats on the, on the Senate Judiciary Committee, packed up her things and left the hearing. Democrats are flat out evil and if you still have a d after your name it's time for you to come to grips with that it's 9 30 we'll get news now jack windsor next all right 9 36 the Bob France authority continues don't forget we've got former acting ice director tom holman coming onto the program on uh uh, or at ten ten rather, uh, very much looking forward to that. He's going to talk about law and order in American cities in the middle of Antifa and Black Lives Matter and their ongoing assault on the rule of law. So Tom Holman uh, will be with us at ten ten. Right now, I want to talk uh, about Ohio and COVID nineteen, and to do that, there's nobody better uh, to talk to, of course, than Jack Windsor, the intrepid reporter for WDMF or MFD rather. Tell I always see DMF MFD Television in um, Mansfield, but he's got a new title now, and I'm so happy t- for him and we can talk about that if he wishes jack windsor welcome back to the program how are you bob france i'm super fantastic thank you for choosing me this morning to be with you and uh, the 1420 audience i'm grateful it's a pleasure to have you jack uh, your great work um on behalf of the citizens of ohio in all of these dewine briefings uh as you worked uh, for uh, for wmfd has led you to new uh, new opportunities right uh what else are you doing so i i'm Continuing as a, an independent in, investigative reporter and uh, continuing to fulfill that role with WMFD through some of the broadcast and, of course, some of the writing. And uh, it looks like I'll also be the managing editor, editor uh, of the Ohio Star and uh, potentially uh, submitting some content uh, for Breitbart and uh, a couple other 
publications. So the managing uh, editor of the Ohio Star and contributor to Breitbart and other publications, Jack Windsor. Absolutely well deserved. And I mean very well earned, Jack. Uh, what you have been doing, nobody else in Ohio is doing. There's a reason why it is being noticed. Congratulations, and I hope that just spurs you. you to continue even more of what you have already begun. Uh, so thank you for that, Jack Windsor. All right, uh, and congratulations to you. Uh, oh, by the way, also, real quick, because I'm going to forget to promote it later if I don't do it now, you've got an event coming up on uh, Saturday, right? Uh, you're going to be speaking to the uh, Tea Party, Lorain County Totally Engaged Americans, right? That is correct. Yes, I'll be speaking there uh, Saturday morning uh, for a brief period, and we're probably going to talk a little bit about the importance of uh, data perspective and the role that the, that, that media is uh, are playing right now, media are playing right now uh, in this whole um, policy debate and struggle. But yeah, that is Saturday awesome. Morning. Yeah, that is awesome. I'm a Lorain County resident. I may see you out there, as a matter of fact. I'd like to be in the audience and listen to what you have to say, because this is very important. Uh, totally Engaged Americans. This event is Saturday. If you're in the area and you want to come in here, Jack, talk about this stuff, the role of media in, in all of this, Saturday at 9 a.m. in Amherst, Ohio, which is uh, at 44905 or 44905 North Ridge Road. It'll be an outside venue. There will be a roof, though, uh, so you're protected from sun or any rain that might be there. You're probably have to socially distance uh but uh please uh if you want to go and see jack windsor there would be a great opportunity to listen to more about what journalism really is all about because there are very few too few people uh actually practicing it in ohio right now all right jack uh let's dive into yesterday's press briefing and i want to start with the obvious um Mike DeWine apparently thinks all of our kids are super spreaders. He apparently believes, and the Ohio Department of Health and Lance Himes uh, believe that all children are going to spread their cooties, otherwise known as COVID germs, on teachers and on one another. K through 12, five-year-olds through seniors in high school, all must be masked if they're going to go to in-person classes in the state of Ohio. Um I cannot imagine that this is in any way constitutional. Your thoughts? Well, one, it goes against, he talks about the experts in the science. Uh, Director Redfield came out again and said, uh, kids are not, there's no data to support kids are spreading this to teachers. So that should tell us a lot. Uh, So, you know, the policy decision being based on data or science is, is void. I suspect that it was done uh, to try to appease the Ohio Education Association who came out, I want to say July 28th, and said, if a county's in red, we we don't support doing uh, in-person uh, school, which is really uh, a travesty because we've been diving into that public health advisory system and how easy it is to trigger all, all of those indicators without there being a live virus spread. Now, here's this is, a, this is a point of contention for me. Uh, you know, they've been towing the line, and they crossed it. Um, if there's one thing that uh, I don't tolerate, it's uh, messing with my children. And you already say it before, when my daughter was little, all the way up, and she still is little, she's, still, she's seven, but she's been taught that her body is her own and that she has personal agency, and no means no. And in the world we live in, that's super important. I don't support her wearing a mask. She doesn't want to wear a mask, one, because she's not sick, and two, she doesn't want to do it. It's uncomfortable. Uh, she has some, uh, some breathing issues sometimes. And now we're in a situation where her agency isn't respected, her papa's authority isn't respected, 
and we have a governor for political reasons doing something that's going to mandate what she does to her body. That's over the line to me. Yesterday I called it abusive. I'll call it abusive again today. Uh, not only is it unconstitutional, in my mind it's egregious. Yeah, I would concur because what what he has done here, the governor has plastered a scarlet letter on the on the on the the chest of every kid who does not wear a mask for medical reasons, um, and 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 the bullying that they're going to receive from other students uh, will be will be over the top, and probably the bullying they're going to receive from teachers. Now they may not outright attack them uh, and yell at them, but they will be indeed given the shade or the side eye or whatever because these teachers have made it very clear. None of this is not, of course, all teachers, and I want to be clear. The teachers' unions, you mentioned the OEA, and you're 100% right, and the NEA, they are. They don't want to come back to, to the tune of 65% of those surveyed do not want to teach in person because it's just too dangerous. I'm no good to my children if I'm dead, they say. Uh, that doesn't apply to all teachers. Many of them do want to come back. Well, 35% of them, according to the survey, they do want to come back. But clearly, as a, as a union, this is something they oppose, and and you're right when you said that the governor mandating these masks on all children is certainly just to appease them. And because of that, if children aren't masked, those teachers are probably going to be, like I said, maybe treat these kids a little bit differently and make them feel unwelcome, make them feel like there was something wrong with them. It's like a scarlet letter, Jack, and I cannot believe that anybody thinks this is okay. We're being socially conditioned to hate people who love freedom. And the problem with that, Bob, is freedom is our power source. We all cherish it in different ways, but we can't make a mistake about this. Freedom is supreme, and that's what's under attack. Um, you know, the people that are reveling right now in, in the tyranny uh, that forces other people to do something in the absence of logic and conclusive science and against the axiom that makes this land the envy of the world, liberty, those reveling, they need to gain perspective because their choices are next. It won't be a forced medical device or how far you stand away from someone in line. Instead, it's going to show up in the state deciding what you put into your body, uh, maybe how many kids you can birth, where you travel, what you wear, what your vocation is. I really hope it's not too late, and I really hope that people wake up. The choices that we're squabbling over right now, deciding which Mm -hmm. we give up the authority uh, to decide, is like rearranging chairs on the Titanic. The big matter is we are losing personal agency and that is dangerous and once that happens with something like a mask of course then what is the next step nobody ever looks the the second third or fourth step down the road once you give up your own personal liberty and your own personal personal choices uh then what can well what else will they force upon you through public pressure through peer pressure and through governmental pressure jack windsor is our guest wmfd television reporter also working as managing editor of the ohio star we're happy to report uh let's talk about two other things regarding school yesterday the governor did say and this is positive i suppose uh, that he has no plans to ask for a statewide mandate on clo- the closure of schools. Uh, he said that's, he said, quote, he's not considering a mandate to keep school closed. The pathway to go to school this year 
and to make uh, and to be back in school is not going to be easy. COVID is here. We know that. We know uh, masks work. Again, there's that story. But he said essentially that we are going to be pushing schools to be open in some capacity. Some will do it five days a week. Some will do it hybrid. Some will do just distance learning. But they do want all schools to be open. So uh, that's part one. Part two is res- with respect to sports. Everybody has been waiting to see because football players have been practicing for weeks, uh, you know, on a voluntary or a non-mandatory level. And then since August 1st on a mandatory uh, basis, that's when the, the, the fall school season starts. Other fall sports as well, waiting to see what's going on. And yesterday... It was expected that they were going to make their announcement as to whether or not these sports could be played, and instead they kicked the can down the road again and said, well, we just have to wait and see what the coming weeks hold. Uh, I can't believe they're holding these kids hostage the way they are, but that's what they are. Your response to those two stories? Uh, Well, the first I'll talk about uh, the kicking the can down the road. It appears to me that the governor is waiting on the preliminary injunction hearing that started in Warren County this week. Uh, involving sports organizations who are suing the state over that August 1st order. My understanding is the judge in that case, Warren County, may have uh, a preliminary decision with language today, and then I think that is what's going to help the governor and lieutenant governor chart the course with respect to sports. But, look, I'm going to take it to the deeper level. You know, Mike DeWine is a master at framing the conversation, and I'm going to break that frame today. He has said, when I asked what the end goal is, he said, keeping people healthy. That was one of the things he talked about. Well, let's talk about that, Governor. We know Robert Redfield, again, said that kids need to be back in school because suicides and drug use are a much greater risk than COVID. And, oh, by the way, he just said it at the top of the show, there's no data to support that kids are a source of spread. Now, there was a study done in Wisconsin that showed 75% of student-athletes are exhibiting anxiety and depression, serious anxiety and depression that would need to be dealt with medically because they're fearful that their extracurriculars and sports are going to be taken away. I talked with a doctor yesterday who has a practice in Lorraine and and, uh, uh, Cuyahoga County, and that doctor said, look, um, suicides are a thing. We've seen them, and it's been at a level that is alarming. It is way above what the normal is. And oh, by the way, the adults I'm seeing, 75% of them are exhibiting uh, depression and anxiety. This has gone too far. So, Governor DeWine, if the goal is to keep people healthy, take the daggone blinders regarding COVID off and look at the rest of the world and look at how this policy or your policies are impacting all of us. And kids are in trouble. And kids who want to go and play sports and, and participate in extracurriculars. What a what a great opportunity for them to relieve their anxiety and depression. And oh by the way, you know, uh childhood and, and youth obesity is a huge issue and obesity is the number one comorbidity with respect to COVID. So why don't we why don't we put some good policies together that actually affect public health in a positive way? Well, you know what, before we go on, in fact I don't even know if we can do the school thing because I have another question for you too, but I just want to follow up on that. 
uh, in addition to the you know uh, health factors and so on and so forth, playing youth sports, is, you want to talk about depressed kids. Wait until you see what happens to an entire senior class of kids if they lose their final fall. We already saw this to the spring kids, the seniors of of twenty twenty who lost their seasons. But now to do this to senior football players and others um, is simply unconscionable. You want to see depression? Wait until you see what happens when kids who are on the verge of perhaps getting a college scholarship, which might be their only path to college because they cannot afford it otherwise. Um, Coaches are looking at them and saying, if you have a big senior season, we might have a spot for you on our team and to bring you into our college and give you huge financial aid in that process in the form of a scholarship. Wait until you see what happens when these kids are denied that senior season to showcase those talents and to earn that scholarship. Literally, lives and futures can be on the line if they deny these kids that opportunity over a virus that, again, shows that children and teenagers do not carry and spread. The idea that they would deny them is just extraordinarily irresponsible. Having said that, Jack, I'm going to pivot to one final question for you. The five-month reign of terror is over. March, April, May, June, and July, and now here at the start of August, Amy Acton is completely gone from public health policy making. She has gone back into her uh, private work where she was uh, she was working for a nonprofit about being kind to people or something like that. Good, uh, maybe she can do a little less damage there. What's her legacy as she exits public uh, public policy? I think it depends on which side of the issue that you're on. Uh, to me, she has been. Uh, the Grim Reaper to the state of Ohio, and that's strong language, and I understand that. But uh, look, I, I can't get behind any policy uh, that she's been behind because it has been devastating. They've often compared this to the 1918 pandemic, and that's about as far as the East is from the West. It's not that. It's not even close to that. But we have locked people down and uh, caused a tremendous amount of health impact in our community and in our state because we mishandled this out of the gate. I wrote, I wrote the data suppression article a couple of months ago now. What we knew out of the gate, what we knew in the beginning, and the failure to adjust at halftime has been catastrophic. She's leaving because she continues to be named in lawsuits, and these lawsuits now are demanding uh, damages, uh, and they're looking at uh, you know piercing that veil, I guess, where she would be personally liable in some instances. So I believe that's part of it. The other thing we can't lose sight of, where she's going and what she's doing, she's going to continue fundraising for the social uh, programs that she's created within the state. And the governor, I thought it was really interesting when he said yesterday, hey, we'll continue to consult with her. Well, that's interesting. Uh, You're going to continue to consult with somebody who uh, has has failed for five months and has moved on. Um, The the, the whole thing... um, She's gone, but she's not gone, if that makes sense, Bob. Well, at least the $236,000 she was being paid in a newly created position for her, at least that money uh, goes back to the taxpayers now uh, rather than into her pocket. So if they consult with her, hopefully it will be at a considerably less expensive rate than that. Jack Windsor, uh, great stuff. Again, congratulations on the uh, new position as well. And, uh, again, I want to remind people, if you're in Lorraine County on Saturday, 
9 a.m. to 10.30 out in Amherst, 44905 North Ridge Road. It's an outdoor venue. Uh, bring a lawn chair. Uh, come and watch. There's a $3 charge. It's free if you're a first-timer at the Lorraine County Tea Party Meeting. Tea being totally engaged Americans. And I think at this rate, we might be totally enraged Americans as well. But come and see Jack Windsor on Saturday. I think I'll be there. Jack, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Bob, I appreciate you. God bless you. Thank you. You got it. Jack Windsor joining us on AM 1420, The Answer, and we'll be right back. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, good good stuff from uh, Jack Windsor. And uh, good stuff coming uh, in the next hour from Tom Homan. Former acting ICE director Tom Homan will join me at uh, 1010, right after the top of the hour news. Maureen in Parma. Let's get her in now, though, before the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Maureen. Go right ahead. Oh, good morning, Bob. I wanted to uh, just thank you for every time you have Jack Windsor on. He's great. And uh, he's one of the yes, only people in the truth in Ohio. But one thing I wanted to mention, I've been working on this for a bit. Um, I've been very involved in schools, and I know there's a, a solution to reopening the schools. It's air cleaning technology. It will 100% <clears throat> kill corona and everything else in less than, um, less than 10 minutes. So I've been talking to people, superintendents or whatever. They're getting aware of it, but they're not even able to open their schools, even if they want to do this. And they've already spent more <clears throat> on uh, PPE than they would on something like this. So it's just continued absurdity. I have not heard anything specific. I've heard the term of air cleaning technology, Maureen, but I have not heard anything specific on the uh, effectiveness of it or the uh, ease of of implementation of it. I will definitely have to look into that because you would imagine that they would be looking, if this is as dangerous as they want us to believe it is, that our children have to wear masks for fear of them breathing cooties into said air, and if we all have to be locked up or locked down, depending on how you look at it, or we have to be distanced, etc., if we can clean the air, uh, in such a way, you would think that they would be looking into that. Not sure why they wouldn't be, but I appreciate you bringing it up, and it's something we can look into. All right, it is 10 o'clock. We'll get news now. Uh, former ICE Director Tom Holman joins us next to talk law and order in America on AM 1420, The Answer.